Welcome, I'm Lindsay Bowles and this is Wellness on Your Terms. All right. Hello, this is Lindsay and Kayla Woods, Pastor Kayla Woods. Thank you for joining me. Um, this is Wellness on Your Terms. So we talk about what wellness looks like in your life. Um, the things that have been working, things that you tried. Um, and today, um, Kayla's here to specifically talk about um, finding mental health and stability in your faith during this chaotic time of um, questioning the patriarch, questioning their motives, and keeping um, your faith in God even though it's a human-based reality that we live in. Um, so thank you for joining us and being um, open for conversation. Uh, first, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. I'm so happy to be here, Lindsay. I'm, like, really excited that you're having this conversation and I'm happy to be a part of it. Um, so, yeah, like you said, um, my name is Kayla Wood. I live here in Manhattan, uh, which is how we met. And um, I'm a pastor. It's my full-time job. Um, I'm ordained in a tradition called the United Church of Christ. Um, so I'm a pastor here in Manhattan at First Congregation All United Church of Christ, which is downtown Points, County Corner from the library where the limestone church with the little rainbow on the front. And um, I've been ordained since 2010. I've been here in Manhattan since 2014. Um, and... You know, I have a family, I have a husband, I have kids. Um, I actually lived in Manhattan before. My husband and I both went to school here. Um, I'm from Kansas originally, and we went to college here, and then moved away for a long time, lived in Texas, lived in Indiana. We're super excited to come back and to get to live in Manhattan again. Um, and it's been an awesome place for us to find community and raise our kids and all of that good stuff. Good. Well, uh, you and I, we met in a place you really, I wouldn't think you would find a minister in um, a yoga class and a uh, yoga teacher training for kids. Yeah, yeah, actually, you know, I, um, there are a lot of pastors who do yoga in this town. I'm not the only one, and I'm like, that's one of the things kind of fun. Like, I get to run into some of my colleagues and stuff um, when doing yoga, and I think, I mean, I can't speak for other people, but I think for me, like, as a pastor, when your job is um, helping other people find space to tend to their spiritual needs, then like you have to really double down on taking care of your own spiritual needs. So I think for a lot of us, you know, we're always looking for um, different ways to like take care of our spirits and to stay mentally and spiritually healthy so that then we can be there for our congregation. So for me, um, yoga has been a really big part of that. I think, man, that's a great way to look at it. Um, you know, I have a personal trainer and I, Probably could do it myself, but that's that's not how you get better at things. Yes, um, exactly. Well, and also, like, I just feel like it's so nice to be in a space where, um, like, here's a spiritual thing that I'm doing, or in your case, like, here's a you know a physical wellness thing that you're doing. Not that they're different, but you know what I'm saying. But like, you're not in charge of it. You're not the expert. Like, you show up, and somebody else gives you their expertise and tells you how to push yourself and what to do, and that is such a gift. Yeah. You're the one who's usually used to doing that for other people. Yeah, you have this vulnerability which allows you to be a little bit more receptive and learn. 
Um, yeah. Not that you don't learn from teaching, but um, it's kind of a different. Um, yeah. So, uh, did you catch any flack for that? In oh no, tons of people at my church do yoga, and um, yeah, we have like quite a few actual like folks who are yoga teachers who so teach other yoga classes in other places in town. Um, I mean, our church is our church. I think uh, I would describe it as you know, it's a a place of progressive Christianity. So it's a you know, and you and I have talked about this a little bit. It's maybe not what a lot of people would expect when they first hear Christian. I feel like you. Um, People have this idea of what uh, Christianity is, and it's kind of like this one thing that is the main, loud, dominant form of Christianity in our culture. But actually, Christianity is like every other religion, huge and diverse and different, and there are lots of different ways of understanding um, the faith and a lot of different ways of relating to it. So, you know, like in our church, I think one of the things that um, one of the things that I really value about it is that like people in our church, we're trying to find our way by through Jesus through like that's a way that we connect to God but we don't think that that's better than other forms of connecting to God or the spirit or the divine or whatever you call it and so we recognize that like lots of other forms of spirituality and religion are also equally valid um and there are other great ways that people are trying to connect to that spirit of love and so whether that's through another um you know, religious organization like Judaism or Islam or whatever, or whether it's something that you're doing on your own, um, that's great. Like, whatever it is that works for you, like, maybe you just keep on doing it, you know? And um, for us, it's it's Jesus and um, and also maybe, like, being connected in, in other ways, too, and moving together as a community. So, yeah, like, no flat for sure. Good, good. Um, reading about you a little bit, it's... Um one of the, a few of the things that you are passionate about is, uh, you know, systemic injustices, race, sex, gender, the economic inequality, um, environmental stewardship. And I feel like coming into Manhattan, Kansas, or any Kansas place, this is a little bit more progressive than most, but I feel like that's walking into a brick wall as far as hardships. Has that been the case? I mean, uh, is is your job really hard to speak to these things in a minister capacity? Um, I mean, yes and no. Yeah, it's hard in that like all of those things are huge, awful, terrible things that like people have been striving against and trying to make better for generations. And sadly, I think people will be continuing to work on them for generations to come. So like. Yes, hard in that, I think, for any human who decides to show up and try to make the world a more um, equitable and just place, the work is hard. Um, but not hard in Manhattan. I mean, I think that, you know, Manhattan, like you said, it's a, it's a very mixed place. One of the things I really value about Manhattan is that I feel like when it comes to, like, politics or theology or just kind of worldviews, there is a lot of diversity of thought here. And I think people are, by and large, pretty open and tolerant to having that diversity and people are typically respectful and kind um and so i don't think it's any harder to do it than anywhere else but yes tiring in that you know like the patriarchy and white supremacy and the environmental degradation and colonialism and all that junk that's been around for a long time and 
it builds up real big problems but it's not like you can just like show up one day and do a workshop and fix them and just be like oh, i'm done i fixed that you know so like that's tired that would be a very intense cathartic workshop I feel like what, no, like, wouldn't that be great like what if we could just find that one workshop that you could just go to for yeah. one day and then it would all be this wouldn't that be great oh my gosh. I have a couple people I'd send um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah but I mean like Christianity being very patriarchal in the sense that you know I mean how women as ministers isn't um, generally common now it is but it didn't it wasn't a long long time ago um, you know women being the fault of all sin and you know yeah, that's a good story right that's a good read on that story yeah well and then you think of um, God sending down his only son because God forbid you send a woman um, to sacrifice right. especially if you're envisioning that God is to start with which yeah a lot of people are but not everybody is right yeah. Yeah, I think the thing I think the thing about Christianity and the thing about the church is that sort of like I was saying a minute ago, it's a really big place and a very diverse place now. I think that has always been the case. And so I think, you know, the movements, the religious movements that came before Christianity, that Christianity grew out of, um, the Jesus movement that obviously grew out of Judaism, like I mean I think that yes, you can you can look at the Bible and you can read certainly a lot of patriarchy in those texts. You can also read the Bible and see places where there were people in those texts pushing back against the patriarchy. You can find strong women in those stories. You can find alternative ways of interpreting stories like Adam and Eve that are not um, patriarchal, and those have always existed. And so as long as these stories, as long as humans have existed and have been trying to make sense of our lives by telling each other these stories, there have been um, patriarchal parts and there have been matriarchal parts and there have been people pushing back against the patriarchy and that has certainly always been the case within the church. I mean, even in the early church, there were there were women. We know their names. We, you know, who were leaders among the early movement with Jesus who were taking care of one another and teaching, who were learning from Jesus and working alongside him and that, you know, and then I think over the course of Christianity, it just kind of goes like up and down, right? Like there are times where uh, women have been accepted and valued as full leaders, and there have been other times where the patriarchal forces of the world have pushed back against that and have made that not possible. Um, I'm awfully thankful to be living in a time um, where I can do the work that I'm doing, and it's not an issue, at least in my own church, that I'm a woman. But, I mean, yeah, that hasn't always been the case. I went, I, I went to seminary. I grew up in a tradition, United Methodism, which has worked in Bank for quite some time. Um, and I went to a, a United Methodist seminary when I was right out of college. And I honestly didn't realize until I got to seminary, though, we had a female preacher um, at an event one day, not too long after I got to seminary. And she was preaching. And I just had this crazy moment where I realized it was really the first time I'd ever heard a woman preach. Wow. Uh, and I was like, whoa, I didn't even realize that this, I mean, here I am in seminary trying to learn how to do this thing and suddenly just get smacked in the face with the realization that I've never seen anybody who looks like me do it. And that was really, really powerful and sad, you know, that I, that was in the early 2000s at that point, like, and that I had not um, seen that yet. So, yeah, and even now I still sometimes, it's less so now than it was maybe 10 or so years ago when I first started that 
but even like 10 years ago when I first became a pastor, you know, and tell people I'm a pastor, and there would be people who couldn't quite wrap their head around that because they're just, maybe they're in traditions where women aren't ordained or women aren't pastors, and so they were trying to understand, you know, people would say like, oh, and you know, like, oh, your husband's a pastor, and I'm like, no, no, I am, he doesn't work in the church, you know, or like, yeah. um, you know, or they're like, oh, okay, like, you work with the, you work with, like, the women's ministries, or like, you work with the children's ministries, and I'm like, no, like, I'm not a pastor, and they're like, but what do you do, and I'm like, we, I mean, like, all the stuff pastors do, like, I preach, and I baptize people, and I marry people, and I marry people, and I, you know, help with the, like, all the ministries of the church, like, I'm just, I do all those things, but they were kind of like, huh? You know, people just couldn't quite wrap their heads around that. I hear less of that now, um, and I'm sure that will continue to be the case as more traditions um, have female leaders, and there are more of us out there, but, yeah, it's pretty wild. Yeah. Um, so, for me, the reason I kind of came out, or um, reached out to you for specifically the patriarch and everything is because I mean with this election and even the one before that um, I have started to notice kind of the patriarchal theme throughout the United States and what we're thinking and how we're thinking and then I started noticing it in myself um, sexism yeah. and just my in first initial response to things um, and it's really pushed against my beliefs because I'm like, why? Like I feel manipulated and uh, not only in politics, but in religion too. And you know why we believe the things we believe. And then um, going further into the political part, going in streaming into the religious, it's like the political leaders kind of transitioning into religious um, beliefs and what is what and how, to tweeze that to know that your faith is honest and it is worthy of your time and your effort um, without getting all upset. You can speak on that. Yeah, Yeah, totally. I mean, I think, wow. I just had like 14 thoughts about where I wanted to go with that so much. (laughs) um, I mean, I think what you're feeling is, is, is so much what a lot of people think. And I, I guess for me, like, the thing that comes to my mind most immediately is that, for me at least, my faith is a, it's about my experience of the holy as an individual, but it is something that is best done in community with other people, because it's a, our spirituality is a a part of the human condition. I think like, I think humans are hardwired for some type of spiritual experience. Um, And so just like, you know, learning about other things is best done in community. Like we send kids to school to learn how to read and write and, you know, um, or even if you're homeschooling your kids, like they're not doing it on their own, they're doing it with you, you know, with their family or whoever, right? We, We are made as humans to develop and grow and learn and change together. And so it kind of reminds me of, um, actually, this is one of the things I really love about yoga and practicing yoga with other people is it's like, you could look at it in one way and say, like, it's about me on my mat, and it's just me on my mat, right? But it's, for me, at least so much richer to have that experience with other people at the same time who are also on their mat in a room with me, and we're all doing this thing together. We're on this journey together. So... In terms of like the stuff that you're kind of talking about struggling with, with you know, uh, 
the yucky parts of religion. Um, it's this dance between the world and religion and like religious institutions exist in the world and therefore are corrupted by the world and are made up of imperfect people who misuse them for bad things and whatever, right? But when that happens, that doesn't mean that that's from God, right? And so it's like the teasing apart of which parts of this um, feel right to me, feel true to me. So like just starting with something really basic like how you understand the Bible, I think is huge. Like my understanding of the Bible is not like some old white dude in the sky like sapped <laughs> it down to some people and they like carved it into stone and then they gave it to us in 2020. Like that's not how I understand the Bible. Yeah. I understand the Bible to be a collection of stories that other people just like you and me told each other and wrote down um, thousands of years ago now because they have the same questions we have. They also wonder, like, why do bad things happen to good people? Why can't there be peace in the world? Why um, why does it hurt so much to love someone? Why is there violence? Why do people starve and get sick? And um, why do I experience this exquisite joy when I look at my child? Like, they, they were humans living and having these same questions that we have, and they found some answers in this thing that we call God and they experienced something that we call God and they told each other stories about that and eventually they wrote those stories down and other people looked at those stories and said yeah this is really good stuff this is helpful for me and so they continued to pass them on and at some point in time when the history of the Christian church canonized them and officially said these are the books that are in you know and then we kept passing them down um, but so there's stuff in there that contradicts other stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, if you just look at something like the story of Jesus, there's four different gospels and they're not all in agreement, right? Mm -hmm. Or even if you look at, like you were talking about the creation stories with Adam and Eve, well, there's two different creation stories at the beginning of Genesis and they're different stories. They're very clearly two different stories that got put in there. So there's not like one story, there's multiple stories, um, and I don't think that that means that they're not true. I think it means that something being true is not about it being factual, right? Yeah. Or about it being agreement. It's like, what is the deeper truth that we find when we read these stories? Some of which really happened and some of which didn't really happen. But what truths do they contain? And then reading them together with other people in community is for me at least what helps me. Because like reading that stuff on my own, I could get really confused and thrown up and like into some crazy places. I need other people to teach me what they've learned too and what questions they have and what insights they've had. Um, and that's where the, for me, the religion part comes in. It's like getting together with other people who also want to look at these stories, who also have experienced God, God in similar ways to me. Um, now I feel like I just wandered really far away from everything you were, what you were just talking about. So I don't know where you want to go with that next. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, no, I think that's kind of like um, looking at the Yoga Sutras. Um, you know, yeah, exactly. Yep. There, there's a way to understand them, but you get together with somebody and you think you know exactly what they mean. And then you kind of say it out loud and then they rebuttal and you're like, okay, that could have gone a different way. And I see how that's yeah. a little bit more encompassing and less targeted. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, you know, since I asked you to do this podcast, I mean, it's maybe been almost a month now. I've really kind of looked at 
okay, what my journey has been. And um, I grew up Methodist, um, which I love. We always called it the liberal Christianity. We didn't have to kneel or, you know, kneel, sit, kneel, sit. And then I was, I went to Catholic grade or junior high and high school. And um, then in college, I, I looked to the church a little bit, um, not a lot. And then when I got out, the first time I really found a church that I fell in love with. Um, and I married an atheist and it was hard because I had people tell me not to marry him. He's not, um, don't yoke yourself with somebody that is not a believer. And so for a long time, I felt the burden of carrying him and being responsible for his faith. Uh And I thought, finally just kind of broke and I was like I honestly think this is a bunch of hooey and I found yoga in there along um and I really tried to protect my faith when I went to yoga trainings and my spirituality and finally before I had my son I was just like you know I I think that I believe in something bigger I don't know that it's God I don't know that it's um, these patriarchal things that are um, I'm supposed to fit in to be loved. And then I talked to you and I was looking at all this and I was like, you know, I think that I have just put God in a box. Yeah. And I have made him (laughs) this uh, quote unquote, um, this thing and then I found that the universe is bigger that spirituality is bigger and that maybe it's my idea of what God is needs to grow rather than take them separately yes if that makes sense Lindsay that's so beautiful (laughs) thank you (laughs) look at you yes that's so beautiful I think I, mean, I just want to affirm that like that journey that you're on is so normal. Like not to make it sound like, Oh, you're just like everybody else. I'm basic. Of course your journey is your own and you're unique, and, you know, whatever. But I think for so many of us, unfortunately, I think what happens is we get God given to us in a box when we're children because yeah. developmentally, that's what we can understand. Yeah. Right. So developmentally, it's probably not very helpful to like sit down with a five-year-old and be like, okay, sweetie, I'm going to tell you this story about like Adam and Eve, but just so you know, this is actually like, this is a made up story that some people made up because they were trying to understand like the beginning of the world and blah, blah, you know, if you go into all that with a five-year-old, like they don't even have a concept of what a made up story is, right? So like they can't handle it. So instead we just tell them like, in the beginning, here's what happened, which is developmentally appropriate for a five-year-old. Unfortunately, in our culture and in many of our churches, people become adults and we continue to spoon feed it to them that way. Uh, And we continue to have this hierarchical sort of way of saying, like, the people in authority have the knowledge. They're going to tell you how to interpret these stories and they're going to tell you what's right and they're going to tell you what's wrong. And that's all the very patriarchal stuff, right? It's about control and about there's a right way and a wrong way. And you have to fit inside this box because God fits inside of this box and like 
I mean, I just think all of that is not, that's just not helpful and it's not right. Because I, I think the real spiritual awakening then, whether it happens when we're 10 years old or 15 years old or 35 or 55, is what you're talking about, which is when you start to realize we there are a lot more questions than there are answers. Yeah. And God is something much bigger than what fits in a tiny box that humans can conceive of. And you get to the point where you're just sort of stripping away like everything you learned. And you get to the end and you sort of feel like, well, what do I have left now? And a lot of people stay in that place for a really long time or even forever after the deconstructing, right? Like you just yeah. get rid of it all. And sometimes people stay there forever. And if that works for them, okay. But I think a lot of people at some point then go through what you're describing, which is sort of being like, well, is there a way to put this back together? Is there a way to keep asking these questions? Are there companions that would go with me on that journey? Is there a way that I could go back and look at some of the stories in a new way? Yeah. Um, is there truth to be found in some of these stories that would be helpful for my life in a new way? Um, but it takes so much. Uh, oh gosh, it's just so hard to live through that whole process because the letting go and the deconstructing is really painful. Yeah. And then finding the energy and the strength to want to re-enter and try to rebuild. That really was. hard. And I just like commend every human who goes on that journey, which is why I think it's so important for people to have a community to do that with because that is really hard work. Yeah, I uh, think that the want is really hard after you've deconstructed. Um, yeah. And honestly, after you deconstruct, the, the visualization that I come up with every time is being alone in the universe with nothing there. And then the reconstructing, reconstruction of it all is, oh, there's earth. Oh, there's the sun. Oh, yeah. I'm in this space. Yeah. And, um, that might be a little out there for everybody, but um, no, it's beautiful. That's how I, I it's I keep coming back to it because I want my vision of God to not match the size of God or being or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I I don't want to make it small anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, like, in Christianity, you know, there's a long history of strains of Christianity that believe, um, like, what I was taught when I was a child was, like, literally, like, God is, like I said, like, some old white dude in the sky, like, looks yeah. like the Michelangelo's portrait, and it's, like, up there in the sky. I can remember being a really little girl, and I actually, I went to a church where we had a baptismal in the front of the church, and it was, like, up high above the chancel area in the front of the church, like, that on a second story where you could see it. And I literally thought God lived there. Like, as a little girl, I thought God lived in that area up there. Um, so, you know, there's that for a person that exists somewhere in the heavens outside of us, right? Mm -hmm. um, but there have always been other ways of understanding that spirit. I mean, I like to talk about God as a spirit a lot because that feels really helpful to me. But it's a, a presence that is within us, within and within everything, within the trees, within the sun, within the dirt, within my dog, within me. Um, God is not somewhere out there. God is within, but also somehow not and somehow bigger than. And that's where it gets to be like, <laughs> like outside the box kind of stuff, right? But it's like 
God is that force of love, that spirit of love that forces through all, all things and is somehow more than just the sum of those parts. Yeah. But for me, that's so healing and it's so freeing and it's so empowering because it means that I literally can't be separated from that force of love, that it is always within me and it's always within you. And that's where, you know, getting back to some of those like, fight the patriarchy and like dismantle white supremacy all of that kind of stuff like how can you not do that work if you have that understanding of god like if i literally believe that god is within every single person i meet oh that really then has to change how you treat every single person you meet yeah um and that god is somehow beyond and bigger than all of that too for me that's just really really beautiful feeling way to understand the world. I love that. I, um, I trademarked find your yoga, um, for like, in my mind, when you say namaste, it's the light in me sees and acknowledges the light in you. And I envision that light being the God in all of us. Yeah. That thing that brings us all together, the thing that, you know, regardless of who you are, what you believe, at the end of yes. the day, we're made from the same pieces. Yes. And yes. That, I love that. That's kind of well, what... And that's why, I mean, and that's why, like, what I was talking about earlier, you know, this idea of um, no one religion is big enough to encompass all of this, right? Like, whatever this thing we're calling God is yeah. that exists somehow before all time and beyond all time and within all things and beyond all things. Like this is clearly not a God in a box kind of thing that can just be called, go by one name that can just be held by one religion that can just be understood in one way. Like it's way, way bigger than that. And so, um, for me, finding a religion to call home and really kind of like digging deeply into that tradition and leaning into that is helpful because it would be overwhelming to like try to dabble in all of them, you know, but for other people, they do dabble in more than one. Um, and that's. Yeah, I, I totally thought, and I do like dabbling, um, in different things because I, I think just like I'm a scientist, you know, I do nutrition and it's, um, you know, I can talk about, a vitamin or mineral here, but the way it is interpreted in the body is a lot of different ways. And if I just go one yeah. route, then I miss a whole storyline. And that's where yes. my brain works. And so I love that interconnectedness through the religions and seeing people's um, perspective on faith. Um, yeah. But yeah, that. And also that we're all different people. I mean, you're yeah. talking about like Absolutely. science, you know, it makes me remember that just like, we are all different people and we are all, um, you know, either hardwired or prefer to learn in different ways, experience the world in different ways, take in information in different ways. So like, obviously there's not going to be a one size fits all. And obviously, um, you know, this great spirit and force of love in the universe is going to be big enough to talk to us in different ways, through different stories, through different images, to reach out to us humans who are also different in different ways so that we can receive that message and receive that love and live into it in a way that makes sense for each of us because we're all different yeah awesome well i know you have to go get ready for a meeting uh, is there anything Me else you want to say wellness on your terms do you have uh, any tricks that you uh do besides yoga that keep you well 
oh my gosh, like, I mean, yeah, it's not to be a whole podcast, right? But just, you know, I mean, for me, uh, it's a lot about, I often have this image, I talk to people about, like, it's, wellness for me is about kind of, like, juggling all, imagining that I'm juggling all these different balls in the year, right? So, like, it's sleep, it's exercise, it's meditation, it's my spirituality, it's drinking enough water, it's eating the right kinds of food, and I'm kind of just, like, trying to keep them all going, you know, but then every once in a while, one of them falls down, and I didn't even notice, but I'm just, like, juggling the other ones now, and then every once in a while, they, like, all fall down, and sort of fall apart, and you're like, I'm a mess, and then you have to, like, pick one back up, you know, so you're like, let me just, let me pick the easiest one, let me pick the water, let me just start, like, juggling yep. one ball of water for a while, and then once you get that back on, you're like, okay, let me pick up meditation again, and all that, I got water and meditation, and, you know, you keep on, but it's just a journey of being human, and, like, sometimes it's going really well, sometimes it's not. I would say for most of us in 2020, it's probably not going that way. (laughs) So maybe that would be one, maybe just my party bit of wisdom is like, just whoever was thinking of us, like, if you're a hot mess in 2020, like, let it go. Man, that means you're a normal person. Like, what we are having to do right now is really, really hard. Um, And it would be my hope and prayer for you that you have people surrounding you that love you and care for you. and can help you walk through it because it's just hard, but be gentle with yourself and know that this isn't forever. Um, and if you need a community of people, if you're looking for a community of support, like we would love to have you at our church. There are other places that would love to have you too. Like reach out and find that community um, so that you're not on this journey alone because staying well is really hard and we just need each other to support each other and to share ideas and to cheerlead each other and all of that when things get tough. Yeah. So that's Kayla Woods, and you can see her at First Congregational United Church off points. Yeah, that's it. Thank you. Do you see if you want to find me? Oh, yeah. Totally agree. Thank you for joining me on Wellness on Your Terms podcast.